Karina Cantus is the host of the fun and entertaining podcast Behind the Pen. Her guests are anyone who uses a pen for work. She's had New York Times best-selling authors to debut novelist film stars to mediums and psychics, rock bands from India and famous journalists. And the best part of the show is that it's unscripted, so even Karina doesn't know anything about her guest. And as they chat and have a laugh, you soon learn who is behind the pen. Available on all good podcast platforms such as Spotify and iTunes. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Pen. I'm your host, Karina Gantus from Author Assist. Today, my guest is Craig Underwood. Welcome to the show, Craig. Good morning. Thank you. And where are you from? Where are you calling from today? Uh, Western New York. Oh, wow. Have you lived there all your life? No, uh, my dad was in the Air Force. We moved around a lot and my grandparents lived here. So this has kind of been home pretty much most of my life. We just come in and uh, when I retired from the Navy, we moved back here. We've been here ever since. I was going to ask about that beautiful um, display behind you. Is that from your um, Navy time in the Navy? Yes, it's uh, called a shadow box. Mm-hmm. It has uh, the brass plates show all the places I was stationed while I was in. And uh, it has my breast insignias and uh, wow. things I wore on my uniforms. How many years are we talking? 20. That's amazing. Wow. So you had a lot of experience. Do you think it helped with your writing actually being in the Navy? A little bit. Um, a little bit. It's just, yeah, that's what I did was not related to what I write about. Yeah. Uh, but the discipline and stuff, because uh, the schools I went to are hard. So the discipline that they focus and stuff, that I think that helped me quite a bit. Wow. So let's um, go back when you were younger and you were at school. And I mean, what were you like when it came to creative writing then? Were you one of those that made up stories or did poetry or not at all? And you started late. I enjoyed a a variety of things to read. Uh, A lot of it was uh, nature, animal stories, history. I loved uh, Civil War history. I read about, uh, you could read a lot when we were on, out on the submarines, uh, there's not much else to do. So other than when you're not working, I used to read a lot then. Yeah. In quiet times, I would write some little things down here and there. That's kind of where it started. So um, it wasn't until you were in the Navy and you had time to yourself to uh, write that the, that the imagination started coming out for your stories. Yeah, it's a, you think about where you are, you're surrounded by machinery. Well, then it's nice to have, you know, write about other things. <laughs> yeah. Kind of take definitely. yourself away from that. That's right. That's what all uh, writing and reading is all about. It's about escaping from reality and being able to transport into what the author's imagination is. Um, and for yourself as an author, you step into someone else's shoes and you become that character that you're mm-hmm. writing about. And it's it's all wonderful. I wish everyone could be an author and experience it because it's a wonderful thing to be in that bubble when you're in that character. That character lives, that character's alive in you and he exists or she exists. And 
every experience you put them through, you're going through that yourself. And it's, it's a wonderful thing, especially when you get away from uh, this reality for a little while. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about the book. Uh, I don't know anything about it. So uh, what genre is it? What, what is it about? Uh, this is a uh, fantasy adventure. Uh, it's about a tribe of elves. Uh, it's similar to maybe uh, Lord of the Rings, but it, there's no orcs or dragons. It's more of their interactions and their struggles. Uh, they were dominated by a, an army of men generations ago. So all their past, their traditions and stuff have pretty much been erased by them while they were enslaved. Uh, and there's a character, the main character in the book, and he decides that he wants a better life for his family. He finds out his wife is expecting and he wants a better life for his son and for his clan. So he devises a plan for them to escape. Uh, and then it's about the the, plan, the planning, the escape, and then a long journey to find a new home. And then they have to, their struggles when they get to the new home. Do you think it was Tolkien that inspired you to write your book? Uh, no, I, I've never, I've never read them. You've never read the Lord of the Rings trilogy? <laughs> I started The Hobbit once, but that was, you know, long ago. What uh, about the films? But, Have you ever seen the films? Yeah, I've seen the films. Amazing, aren't they? I, I enjoyed them, yeah. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Well, I came back from the cinema after watching the first one and had my first fantasy book all written in my head by the time I got home, inspired by Lord of the Rings. The second uh, film that came out, The Two Towers, Two Towers, yeah. The second book for my fantasy, but I didn't do three. I did two. I did a duology and not a trilogy, but it was mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings and Tolkien's work that inspired me with fantasy. I think what, what right. I love about fantasy is that anything and everything can happen. I think that's part of it is uh, like I enjoyed reading science fiction. Uh, because I, I was amazed that these authors could create something that has never never existed before. The characters, the vehicles, the, the, the places they live in that, it's all from their imagination. And I really admired that. So I think that might have been part of the inspiration to do something like this. Yeah, yeah. And how did you feel when you started writing and every idea you had could come true in your book because we're not talking about our life now we're talking about a life that didn't exist a world that didn't exist people that didn't yeah. exist so as i said everything you write uh, magic you make up a spell that's never been heard of before a place mm -hmm. that's never been heard of before the uh, the plot which would be totally different from any other books how did it feel to be able to just just explode with your imagination and use everything you come up with. Yeah, I, oh, probably 50 years ago, uh, uh, I played a little Dungeons and Dragons. Ah, that's what I, I do. I, <laughs> I developed a character and then I just kind of, we just stuffed away with some papers and then oh, I found wow. the information on him. So I started, I thought, geez, you know, it'd be nice to write it. I started having some ideas about what, what he could do, what his life was like. And then I started writing it. Well, it got to be 80, 90 pages to start. And I thought, well, 
what I was going plan was to write the book, write the story, have it bound, printed and bound, and then give it to my grandkids as a present. Oh. But then uh, some, uh, my wife, and a couple others read read what I'd written, and they said you really need to try to uh, get this published, see what a publisher thinks of it. Uh, so I sent it to a publisher, and they said this is a gem. We'd really like to get it out there. And actually, what I what they have is book one. Because I was thinking, you know, he they're in this, he's in this place, his home. Well, how'd they get there? So I went backwards in time and wrote the first book, and that's the one that's coming out now. So and you've got the, you've got one book already published, and you've got another one coming out now, book two. But book two is really the pro the the first book of the series. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> so, and then uh I got a, an idea for another character. So there's a third book. There's a, it's a trilogy. Yeah, sometimes they that. come knocking and they say, hello, I'm so-and-so and I need a book and you need to write about me. And you're like, hold on a minute, I'm working on this one. But they keep bugging you and bugging you and bugging you and you know that you have to write their story. Mm -hmm. You hear those yeah. voices in your head. <laughs> yeah. But he asked, uh, Solomon asked me about... Um, is there anything after this? He said, because he thinks the book will do, will do well. Other people may want to read more about mm -hmm. this clan. So I said, well, there's a book two. And then I, I had an idea for a character. Um, and I started the book three. So, it's, I mean, it can go on and on and on. Like like I said, they they come, these characters come, and they have their own story, and they need their own book, even though maybe it's not part of the two that you've done. Mm -hmm. It could be just that uh, world that you've built but with a different character and a different storyline completely um how did you find the world building how how easy was it for you to create a, a fantasy place it just seemed it seems to happen i've got notebooks everywhere i've even got one in my car uh i get an idea and i write it down mm-hmm and then I figure out, okay, where will this best fit? Will it fit in book one or book two or book three? Um, I have the characters, a lot of the characters already developed. I, I come up with ideas for things that could happen to them to make their lives more interesting, more readable. And then I just write them all down. And then like this morning, I was sitting here before this. It's nice and quiet. So I uh, was working on book three because I had something. I come up with something. I like come up with uh, names. There are no names. There's no Bob or Sue or anything like that. I had to come up with all the names of all the characters, create those. And I started creating a language for the the Elvish tribe. Oh, because wow. they, they're, they're all their customs and language had been suppressed for so long. Now that they've escaped, the words they used to use are they starting to come back start, to them. Come back, so yeah. I started developing their language. Uh, so there's a cast of characters and a glossary in the back of the book. So Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. So, okay, tell me a little bit about the politics and the law within your world. Well, the book, this book, it's uh, it's all about the masters. They are the, they are the masters, and that's what the, that's a term they they're referred to as. And everything is uh, that is the law. And it's, that's a phrase that's in the book. That is the law. That's their law. That's their policy. Uh, they, a lot of the rules are you can never, they don't make eye contact. Uh, elves are not allowed to make eye contact with anyone. Uh, the head's always down because that is the law. 
and uh, there's no records. All the all the uh, when the children are old enough, the eldest children they are assigned to their job, which to you know participate. That's going to be the rest of their life. It's to serve the masters. Yes, because they do everything for them. They take care of everything, and then they give each one has a job. And the one main character, he's like the he's the liaison between the masters and the kids. Oh, he's, he's allowed he's, to uh, converse with them then. Yes. And then they tell him what they want and he goes around to the, to the other people who are responsible for different areas like farming, uh, mining, fishing. That he, he works with them to try and uh, satisfy the masters. So uh, they, they'll leave his uh, people alone. And then they, there's no, they don't pick their mates. They're assigned by the masters. Oh, wow. So, and they're all given one-syllable names because it's uh, easier for the masters to remember. And it seems to them to be more demeaning to just call them a one-word name, one-syllable name, and that's it. And the masters, you said they're, they're the humans, the man. Yes. Okay. And they are forcing the elves to do their bidding, to work for them as slaves. Is there no hierarchy within the elf community that someone's going to stand up or someone's in charge of the elves or is it the main character the only one who's really got any power he's he's the main character uh, and then he passes the word on and he uh, if there's any problems the masters are dissatisfied then they call him in to speak to the leader of the masters and then he he uh like at times he says, okay, how much of a beating do I want to take? How far do I want to talk? Because sometimes he'll antagonize them to draw the attention to himself so that their attention's on him and not the rest of them. Oh, wow. Not the rest so, of his people. So he takes the blunt of the punishment to stop it happening to anyone else. How yes. cruel are these masters? I mean, do they really hurt the elves? Oh, yes. Wow. Uh, it's, torture. And they, 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 well, there's no torture in the book. There are times where there's conflict between them, like a fight, because mm -hmm. uh, there some. Of, there's a couple of the elves do not; they won't. They refuse to bow. Yes, yes. But they're true. allowed to live. They're not killed off because oh, of no, it. No. They're just allowed. Because, they are allowed to they, live. They need okay. them because they 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 do nothing except uh, enjoy the fruits of the elves' labor. Wow, what a life! So. But he, he wants better for his people. There's, I mean, normal stories, uh, fantasy, there's always, even though it's not part of the plot, there's always some kind of romance in a story. Is there any romance in yours at all? Oh, yeah. Uh, like his, his mate that he's assigned, he was they were assigned years ago. Um, there's a very close, loving relationship between those two. Oh, lovely. Uh, they, uh, the masters have eliminated all, because they assign the mates and then they, they put their children to work at an early age. Uh, there's very little family link uh, lineage, mm. but there's one that uh, keeps the records for the masters was secretly she keeps has been keeping records for the Kent. So when they go to leave, she gives the leader uh, a copy of that to take with them. So they'll have some idea of the lineage and their history oh how wonderful someone's been doing that behind the master's back then mm -hmm. yeah oh, nice 
Wow. What's the name of your main character? Ja. It's uh, J-A. Ja. In their, in, their ja. in their language, it stands uh, servant or to serve. Oh, well, that's a very obvious name, isn't it, for yeah. him? Yeah. Wow. So um, they're allowed to mate and they're allowed to have children because the children are going to be then serving the masters. Have they got a limit on how many children they can have? Uh, in the book, they're only allowed to have children every other year because the masters want to control the population. Not let every them other year. Every other mm -hmm. year. So they are breeding quite a lot then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then he finds out his uh, mate is pregnant, expecting, mm -hmm. and it's not one of those years. So he is fearful of what they will do. Uh, retribution to this. So uh, he That's decides. That's what causes him to, to want to leave. He's been wanting to leave, but this is the final thing that he said. I, he cannot have his uh, child born as a slave. He wants them to be free. So, I mean, I don't want to get into all the, you know, people need to read the book to find out all this, but yeah. uh, somehow they must have help from outside to to get them to be able to leave without the masters knowing or without any repercussions at the time, because it's obvious the masters are going to come out after them, but there must be someone outside of that part of where they're living that's going to be helping the elves. Uh, that's a book too. Aha! <laughs> gotcha. The, the history of some of what helped them, helped him, the leader job make those decisions is in book two, in which they talk about how uh, how they influenced him to help him. But there, other mm -hmm. than that, uh, there was no outside help, assistance at all because they're uh, they live in an area that's irrigated from a river. Oh. And they escape from there out through a desert. And it's a long, arduous journey, and then they uh, get to this place that's much better. But then they get there, and there's problems, and they have to defend that, too. So. You know what? This sounds very similar to the story in the Bible, where he took his people, he escaped from, I think it was, sorry, I'm not very good with my, my uh, Bible, but escaped from Egypt, Moses, yeah, took them uh, across to and you know the sea parted and they got across and everything that's very similar to what you've done you've taken someone who's had enough of the brutality and the way they've been treated and he's took mm -hmm. all of his people and they're leaving but of course they're going to have now the masters running after them do you think uh, have you ever thought about the the similarity between those two stories no I, I i try not to let anything i've read or watched seen a movie or whatever to try to influence what i write yeah you know i try to make it mine uh there may be similarities or see people may read it and say oh it's just kind of like this or kind of like yeah this. yeah uh, but that that's decisions that the reader can make but I mean, I mean, that's beautiful because it, it's such a, a powerful story and tells a a really important um, important plot. So to to have a similarity like that in your book, it is a bonus. Um, so let's go back to the the publishing part now. So you you wrote it because you wanted it for to uh, publish it as a paperback and give it to your grandchildren as a present. 
but then people read it and said, no, it needs to be published. So what did you do? Did you look for an agent? Did you look for a publisher? How did you find your publisher? Well, I was internet. I had no, no idea. I'd never been through this before. So it's been kind of a, an interesting experience. Uh, I looked online and I just went through and started reading different places. And uh, my wife was uh, a professor at a local university and she had mm. some friends and uh, they, you know, they kind of steer, steering me one way. And I found Amazon. I, the first step was to send them an electronic copy of the book to have them look at it and see if they thought it was worth publishing. Because I told them, I said, I don't want to put all the money into this just to say I, I'm published. No, that doesn't really make much sense to me. But Amazon is a publishing platform, but you need to have someone then put the book on for you on Amazon if you're not doing it, self-publishing it yourself. So you must have uh, uh, someone that helped you sort all that out and actually uh, upload the book onto Amazon. Is it only on available on Amazon or is it available wide? Uh, he said it's available on 52 outlets. Wonderful. It's coming out, it's coming out this week. Perfect. So uh, iBooks and Barnes and & Noble and places like maybe even Target, uh, Walmart. Kindle, uh, those places are any place that sells electronic downloads or the paperback. And the paperback's out as well already. Wonderful. Yeah, it's supposed to come out this week. Excellent. And so what about your cover? Because we always, we say we don't judge a book by its cover, but yes, we do yeah. judge a book by its cover. So who designed yeah. your cover? Lovely. Uh, they did. I gave them some input. Mm -hmm. as to, that's better. Okay, that's I gave beautiful. them some input about the L's, right? Uh, there was a lot of back and forth on that. And uh, so we, I got it. So uh, it is the main character and his wife's mate on the cover. There's a couple other uh, characters on there. So back and forth on that. And then uh, a lot of editing back and forth. Yep. Their, That's how it works. Their language is, is very cryptic. Mm. Kind of uh, melodious, but it's cryptic. Mm. Very short sentences. They don't have as and the and those words in their language. So oh, wow. Sentences, I wrote the story in sentences that are very similar to the way they spoke. Um, so there's not a lot of uh, L-Y words in there, I call them adverbs or adjectives like that that's more more descriptive but it's uh short little shorter sentences and so we had i had discussions with our editors and stuff with that because i wrote it the way they talked yeah so yeah exactly yeah and so it was uh yeah i, I did that with, with my my fantasy duology i didn't want the Decinians to be talking normal English. I wanted some mm -hmm. difference in their language without creating a whole new language like Token did. There's no yes. way I could do that. So mm -hmm. uh, mine was sort of like old Shakespearean English. So they were mm -hmm. using words that we wouldn't use for that sentence, but still meant the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sounds you know, you've got to make a difference, don't you? So you oh, take yes. in all the, the you know, L-Y words out and having it very direct i think your your dialogue should be would look really direct when someone's mm -hmm. reading it rather than descriptive like you said yeah like when uh, somebody comes to their house uh their their greeting is tomorrow too which means all welcome all it's literal translation but then uh he's there asked what does that mean and they said all in this house welcome all who come to our house 
So do you have um, quite a lot of um, their language in and then um, uh, underneath uh, what it means or beside it what it means? I think when, uh, when, when, when he says that, then this, uh, the leader of, he says, he asks them what it means. So in the book, he's describing to You're the, able, the yeah. masters what that phrase means. Is there a lot of that, though, when you, you're actually talking in their language in the book? Uh, there are phrases they use, but then I explain it. And then so that you don't have to go back into the book, uh, the vocabulary is in the back of the book. So if you just refresh to say, OK, that's what that means. That's perfect. I love that. I love that you've got a, a, a I think it's called a glossary, is it, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Have you got a map in your book? Because some people put fantasy ones, they design like a map showing the land. Uh, there's a map uh, at the beginning of the book. There's a map that shows where they're living. Uh, it's, the, it's called the Kent Escape from the Horseshoe. Mm. So the river makes uh, horse is a horseshoe shape, and it has them and the other boundaries of mountains. So they're kind of contained inside this river, inside the horseshoe shape of the water. And so that's why it's called Escape from the Horseshoe. Beautiful. Because they're escaping from it. And there's a map in there that shows basically what they uh, what it looked like where they lived, and then the new home. Uh, there's a map in there towards the middle of the book when they arrive they find this new place to live so who designed the map was it the publisher that had someone illustrate that or did you find someone or did you do it yourself well I did a rough outline but I had mine yeah and then, uh, they, uh, they drew it up and then uh, we just back and forth until you know it looked like it was got it work. exactly how you and, wanted it of course yeah. that's beautiful so Okay, so you've got the book published and you've got a publisher that's amazing. They've done everything. The book's out there. What are you doing now for promotion? I mean, how how's the sales going? Have you got social media presence on your platforms? How is it all working with your marketing now? Well, there were fees for that, but there's uh, social media out. Uh, I did one other podcast to try mm -hmm. to get information, get the book out. So there's the advertising is there. It's been going on for a couple months now on social media, like Facebook, uh, some of the other uh, things similar to do, Facebook. Do you have your own account on Facebook as the yes. author? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you've set up your author page on Amazon as well? Uh, they did set that up for me. Yeah, wonderful. Because yeah. that's where mm -hmm. people will go and find out, your, see your bio, find out who you are and um, click on the books on your author page. Um, Goodreads is another one to have your book on. That's a really important one. Uh, Bookbub is where people go to review books. So uh, how long has your book been out for now, Craig? It's just coming out this week. It's being released this week. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. give, it, um, give it a few weeks and then check on Bookbub because that's um, a really good place for people to review books. And you might have some reviews on there that you didn't know you did. <laughs> okay. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, you've got, um, are you sorting out a newsletter for your subscribers? Have you started um, anything like that? No, this is all new to me. So I don't really know, you know what mm -hmm. the next steps are. Because when you have a, a, a newsletter, you the people that have subscribed to you they are your fans they're the ones reading the book and when the new book comes out they're the ones that are going to be buying the book and because okay. they're subscribed to you they're always in your pocket 
they're always available to you so mm -hmm. you want to tease them about the new book you okay. give them give maybe some quotes um give them a, an excerpt later on give them uh, a cover tease before the cover is released you know you do that maybe uh once every two weeks send them a newsletter let them know what's going on keep them involved okay um on your if you if you advertise if you set up a newsletter um then and you advertise on your facebook page and you ask for people if you want to subscribe to the newsletter because it takes a while to build up your subscription list mm -hmm. um a lot of people give something free so ah. Oh, here is a small story I wrote, and it could be like a couple of pages or something. Here's a short story that I wrote. You can get this, sign up to my newsletter, and you'll have that for free. So that's like a, we call that a reader magnet, and that gives them an incentive to sign up. Hmm. But okay. if you do, yeah, a newsletter, I will say a website and your newsletter, your next things to sort out. Um, you're not just a one book author. You're, you've got your second book coming out, your, your third one, you've already started uh, plotting. And, and so you need to really establish yourself now as an author. So I really wish you all the best. I'm so excited for you, Craig. Oh, thank you very much. It's, it's an exciting process. It's been fun. Yes, yeah, stressful it really times, is. But it's been fun. <laughs> Yeah, it can be. Yeah, it can be stressful and it's time consuming. People don't realize how much time and it's not just time for writing the book, but time to actually promote the book as well. You're having to split, especially if you're writing at the same time, you're having to split because if you don't promote, you don't get the sales. They don't. Unfortunately, they don't just come to you without people knowing no. about the book. Yeah. So this is going global. We are going to get this out as far as we can. It's going to be on YouTube and it's going to be on the audio podcast. It's going to be splashed all over my social media. And people now know who Craig is, know about the book. And those that love fantasy, which like myself, uh, will go out and buy it. So it's uh, coming out next week and it's available on Amazon and all the other major bookstores. Yeah. Yes. Do you have so a website you can send people to or not yet? Uh, I, they're, they're putting that together, but I don't know how to get there yet. So. Okay. Uh, brilliant. No worries. No worries. Uh, thank you so much for being a guest oh, on Behind the Pen. Thank you so much for having me on. I really wish you all the best with your books. All right. Thank you very much.